the first chapter, verse uh, 13, we're going to pick up here. We have been talking uh, on a message entitled Preparing for Christmas as we're getting ready for this Christmas season. And we've been reading the, the, uh, the story, the, the Christmas story as recorded by Luke. And uh, we, a uh, little review here, what we saw so far is that the angel Gabriel shows up to Zechariah, who's the father of John the Baptist, to announce that John the Baptist is going to be born. So we read in verse 13, the angel says to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah, your prayer has been heard, your wife Elizabeth, Elizabeth will bear a son, and you are to give him the name John. Well, Zechariah in verse 18 says, well, how, how can I be sure of this? Um, I'm an old man. And my wife is well along in years. So he's, he questions the angel and gives a case. Look, we're geezers. How are we going to pull this off? Uh, and as we read, um, he got the miracle. They got their blessing, which is a fabulous thing. But uh, he was punished in that uh, he wasn't able to speak uh, for nine months until the child was born. And then he got his, his voice back. Well, now let's pick up the story at verse 26. In the sixth month, God sends the same angel, Gabriel, to uh, Nazareth, uh, which is a little town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Well, Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, you have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. And then Mary does something very similar to what Zechariah did. She questions and reasons. She says to him, how will this be since I am a virgin? Now what's really fascinating is that when Zechariah questioned the angel, how can this be? We're too old. He gets punished. When Mary says, how will this be? I'm just a virgin, she gets blessed. What's the deal? Why the difference? Why the seeming inequity? Well, it can be pretty much found in a single word. Because Zechariah, in his struggle, says, how can this be? While Mary, even though it seemed rather odd, used the word, how will this be? And there's a huge difference Between questioning how God will do something in your life. How God will bring the miracle that you're trusting. How God will answer the prayers that you've been offering up to him. And totally different to have an attitude of, well, how can God do it? How could God pull this off? I can't see how this could happen. Too Totally different. It's just one word, but a huge, massive difference. For the one is reasoning with God, which is not a problem. God is a big boy. He can handle your reasoning questions. But it's another thing to insult God and question whether God even can. 
we see this, uh, you know, I was thinking about, you know, this whole debate we have from time to time in our nation about this whole thing about evolution that's been coming up in the, you know, campaigns even with, uh, as, as down in Iowa and stuff. Um, I don't have a problem. Now, me personally, I really believe the account as in, uh, recorded in Genesis. You say, some people say, well, well, how do you know it was really a day and not millions of years? Well, because it says the sun went down and the sun went up and that was day one. Sounds like a day to me. Okay. But that's just me. Now, I don't have problems really though with people who say, you know, I don't think it really was a day. I think it was just a large period of time. I don't even really have people problems with people who think that evolution is the way God created the world. I honestly don't. Not in any way, shape, or form. Uh, My problem is that what so many are saying fundamentally is how could God have done it? It would have been too hard. No way could God pull something like that off. And really what they're trying to say is that if there really is a God, see that's really the question. That God didn't really do this. He, you know, there was this hiccup in the universe. You know, maybe God belched or something. Excuse me. And we got the big bang. All right. And all these things started in, in motion. And then it all happened on its own. And that's kind of how where we got. See, I got a problem with that. And I also have a problem with the idea that people are no different than animals. That we just, you know, we're connected. We're all the same. You know, one day we crawled out of the the primordial slime like a worm and rested on a rock and then crawled up in a tree swung around and fell out in a business suit <laughs> I have a hard time buying that one you know and again if somebody wants to believe that well that's how God did you know I'm not going to give you any static on it not really I'll make fun of you but I'm not going to give a I'm not going to have it because you know that they really believe that God was involved my problem with the fundamental problem with evolution per se isn't so much that it's a matter of how did these happen things happen it's really a matter of questioning did God really do it that is the fundamental question that is the fundamental question and that I have a problem with you can believe whatever you think of how God actually did it. But don't doubt that God, I promise you, God did this. You're here for a reason. You're not here by mistake. God has a purpose with mankind. And, uh, and that's just the way it is. Um, you know, honestly, I have a harder time having enough faith to believe the evolution version. That, I think that takes more faith than believing God. You know, for example, this piano here. Uh, nobody made this piano. It, it just happened on its own. It was, it, we found it in, in a landfill. And uh, a fabulous, fabulous little piece. And, uh, and, and when we hit the keys, it just worked. All by, worked all by itself. happened over millions and millions and millions of years and it stays in tune it's pretty cool (laughs) now if you believe that you're a nitwit okay (laughs) and I promise you that thing 
is, is nothing compared to life and the complexities of human life and the complexities of this creation. To think that this just happened on his own, I think, just takes way more faith than to believe that God was involved pulling the deal off. How it all happened, I can roll with you on that. But question not, it was God because God can. Actually, I have a harder time not believing that God did it in six days. I wonder what took him so long. He's God. He can do anything he wants. Well, the angel answers Mary and explains to her how God will do it. Still a big, tall order, but, you know, again, he's blessing the girl because she has, while it's okay to be curious, don't doubt if God can do something. I'm telling you, that, that will keep the miracles of God so far from you, you have no idea. God is so insulted. And it's just, to him, doubt and unbelief just reeks. You ever been around somebody who just... <coughs> you, can't, you can't stand being around them? If nobody's sitting near you, that might be a problem. With you, but, but, uh, but you know, they just reek, you know. I'm telling you, unbelief and, you know, doubting if God can, that just reeks to God and it just pushes him away from you. Don't be like that. It's okay to question but not about God's ability. Well, the angel answers, he says, well, this is how it's going to happen. The Holy Spirit's going to come on you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you so that the Holy One to be born will be, exalt, uh, will be called the Son of God. Not, not of man, but of God. And then he encourages her faith by telling, telling her about Elizabeth's miracle. A miracle, not as big a miracle as what she's about to have, but a miracle nonetheless. Even Elizabeth, he says, your relative is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be barren is already in her sixth month. And he goes on to say, for nothing is impossible with God. And then Mary responds in this way. I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. And then the angel left her. Now we tell the Christmas story in such pretty terms and, and we see the pretty cards and we have the, the great little plays with the children. I don't know if you saw the children's uh, program uh, a week or so ago. It was fabulous. And you know, the little kids dressed up like Mary and Joseph and it all seems so warm and fuzzy and, and almost romantic. But you need to understand something. When Mary agreed to let God do this miracle in her life, she was signing up for a whole lot of hell in her life. And I have this clip from a movie called The Nativity Story. It's a great little clip. I want to show it to you about some of the challenges that faced Mary as a result of taking on this mission.
Joseph. 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 An angel told you this, that you would birth the son of God, Mary. Elizabeth had a baby, even in her old age. Elizabeth has a husband. Women have been put to deathfulness. They could stone you in the street. Do you understand? I've broken no vow. Oh, you have broken every vow, Mary. Was it one of her soldiers? Was it? I have told the truth. Whether you believe is your choice, not mine. Let me speak. Please. Let me speak. great virtue. I have lived my life seeking honor. Honor. Mary, so how am I to answer this? If I claim this child is mine, I will be lying. I will have broken a law laid down by God. I would never ask you to lie. If I say this child is not mine, they will ask what I want to do. And if I accuse you, there is a will for this child greater than my fear of what they may do. I will make no accusation. Without that, there can be no trial. You have shown great mercy, Joseph. For that, I will be thankful. As you can see, 
it undoubtedly created a great deal of heartache in her life to do the right thing. I am so stunned as I uh, speak to people and pastor people and encourage them to do the right things. How they're willing to do the right things up till a point. And that point is if it becomes difficult. If it becomes hard. If it makes them unhappy. They, they reason in their minds. And speak out of their mouths clear as a bell to me. And literally say, but God doesn't want me to be unhappy. You don't think so? You don't think this young lady went through a great deal of pain and embarrassment and humiliation? You need to understand something. God's plan for you isn't to make you happy. It's to make you holy. Now there's times where you'll be exceedingly happy. There's times you may be exceedingly miserable. It's irrelevant. The right thing is the right thing. And we need to be people of character. And you need to teach this to your children. Goodness gracious, we work so hard to make sure they're happy all the time. Don't raise them up in this culture thinking that right is based on whether or not you're happy. I met a man a few weeks ago who decided to leave his wife and children. And in a fit of righteous indignation, began to explain to me why it was the right thing for him to do. Because his wife didn't respect him and his wife didn't appreciate him. And blah, 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 blah. And she's, she's irritating him. And he was so unhappy he had to leave. He says, Pastor, what do you think I should do? Said you ought to be a man and go back to your wife and your children. And as honestly as he, he looked at me, he says, but, but would God want me to be unhappy? I said, you bet your sweet bippy he would. <laughs> People in and out, you know, this whole thing about if it's right, it must be easy. If it's God, it must be easy. Pastor, if, 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 why are we doing this? We're having a hard time. We should, if it was God, it would just be easy. What planet do you live on? Because I want to move there. Where everything's easy. It's not reality. Some things are terrible. But we make choices. I mean, some of you... <laughs> The reason you marry the person you were with. One of the fundamental reasons. Because it was so easy to be with them. It was so easy to talk. It was so easy to share my feelings. This must be it. Because it's easy. In fact, we use that as, as the level of making one of the biggest decisions of our lives. Because if it's easy, it has to be right. And then we jump. And we find out after a few weeks it ain't so easy. And you start to think, I made a mistake. I should have married that idiot. I should have married the other idiot. <laughs> Christian people breaking their vows, divorcing their husbands, leaving their wives, not doing their ministries, not sacrificing. Well, I, I'm not going to give to the church. Why would I? This can't be God. That's not easy. When the truth is, God often asks people to do things that are extraordinarily hard. Doing the right thing is usually 
hard. Why do you think so few people do it? It's not easy. It's difficult. It can be frustrating. It might bring you a great deal of pain. And you know what? It's still the right thing to do. We need to understand God's will is not based upon your convenience. It's based on what he desires in your life. Now Mary undoubtedly suffered greatly through this. I can't, can't, sure, you can imagine it. Imagine if your daughter came up to you pregnant and said an angel did it. Think you'd buy into that thing? You think it was easy for them? It wasn't. And in the midst of their suffering, and now next week we're going to talk about how Joseph handled some of these things. Wasn't easy for him at all. In fact, quite frankly, the whole Christmas story is a symphony of misery. It is. In the midst of the greatest miracle in the history of mankind, the single turning point. In eternity, God becoming man was birthed in a chorus of misery, inconvenience, and disappointment. And in the midst of all of that misery came an incredible miracle that transformed the universe. And made it possible for you and for I to be here this morning. And to experience God's grace in our lives. Because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. I'm going to invite our ushers to come forward at this time. uh, And our musicians to come back up as we close the service with our communion time this morning. Where are you at this morning? Are you preparing for Christmas? Are you hopeful and content in the midst of your circumstances. You know it's, it's just. It's a very interesting thing. On the one hand. God wants you to trust him. For the miracle to get out of whatever mess you're in. But on the other hand. He wants you to trust him and be content. In the middle of your miserable situation. Isn't it amazing? Why? Because it's important for us to let God know. Look God. I'm trusting you that this will change in my life. But to have an attitude that says, if it never changes, I still love you. I still serve you. I'm content because of your blessings in my life. It's in that context that people experience miracles. That's when things will change. If you want your answer greater than you want God, you'll never get your answer from God. As I preached a couple of Sundays ago, when you're reaching out to God, grasping for your miracle, you need to keep your hand open. Not my will, but thine be done. Are you hopeful and content this morning? Where's your heart? Are you embracing the wisdom of God, the will of God, no matter what it might mean for your life? Or do you doubt that God even can do a miracle in your life? Again, no problem to decide or ask how he will do it. But are you doubting if he could? You'll never get anything from God. The Christmas story can be summed up in these simple words. God loved the world so much that he sent his son so that through him we could have forgiveness of our sins. Have you put your faith in Christ's sacrifice this morning? That's the big question. While it's normal to wonder how God would turn your life around, are you making the tragic mistake wondering if God could 
turn your life around. If you're willing this morning to turn away from the wrong in your life, put your faith in Christ, you can experience God today, this morning. You can experience God's grace and forgiveness in your life right now if you'll make that determination to give him your heart. Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. And I'm going to invite you to pray this prayer along with me this morning. Say, Dear Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. That you loved me so much, you went to the cross and took my punishment. I ask you to come into my heart and to forgive me of my sins. I now surrender my life to you. Amen.